Yeah, I'll lead us in. What's up, Cyber Chefs? How we doing today, guys? Pretty good, pretty good. How you doing, everyone? We got Marshall with a, a repeat occurrence on the show. It's, uh, it's surprising we were able to get you back to back. Look at this. I Don't think, get used to it. <laughs> I think he's back for good. Yeah, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. I think he's back for good. We're going to get on a, on a standard schedule on this, on this thing. So this is uh, the Cooking with Crypto show. We've got Spencer Wyckoff here and... Rob DeBernard. What's up, guys? Marshall Hicks in the house. And uh, we have, uh, this is a podcast about uh, everything cryptocurrency, but we like to have a little fun with it. We, uh, we, we bring you the first block, which is always about cooking. Then we do three different blocks, typically about, a, about uh, cryptocurrencies and different general discussions that we want to cover. And then we'll finish you off with a, with a life hack. And uh, that's how we do it. You can find us on cookingwithcrypto.com. And essentially all the social media sites were contemplating more video and more interview format as well. So uh, we're, it's all in the works. Thank you guys for your feedback so far. So uh, Rob, you want to uh, kick us off for today? Yeah, man, for sure. And uh, we got a couple of guests uh, lined up coming coming up either uh, either the next episode or, or soon thereafter. So there'll be some more guests and that could be anywhere from a couple of local local chefs, maybe some, uh, some amateur chefs like ourselves that just have great recipes they want to share. Um, or some uh, at least knowledge, more knowledgeable people in the area, um, subject subject matter experts, people yeah. that have been experienced in, in, in the crypto game, crypto, crypto game um, for some time longer than, than us. So we're gonna we're gonna bring in bring in a little bit a little bit of different uh, different knowledge base, and that'll be that'll be good to have on the show for sure. What we got going on today? All right, so you guys just uh, just enjoyed. Enjoyed some of this, and we're gonna throw up some pictures of this stuff and uh, and the recipe up on the on the website pretty sh pretty soon. But we've got uh, basically my chili my chili recipe, <laughs> and um, it's a slow cooker recipe, so pretty pretty laid back. There's there's only a few a few key steps to it that require a little bit of you know a little bit of attention. Um, so the total total recipe we've got again the the Reintroduction of poblano peppers into the diet. Those are those are awesome. Some red bell peppers, like jalapeno. I actually put a fatale pepper in there, which is a special kind of pepper. It's it's a little sweeter, but it's also got a heck of a kick. You can substitute in a habanero or probably two jalapenos for one of those one of those fatales if you want. Sounds spicy. It's fatale. Fatale pepper, yeah. F A T A L I. Um, if you got access to a pepper guy, those are, those are, those are my faves. Um, you can also, uh, you could probably substitute in, instead of the Fatale pepper, you could use um, scotch bonnets as well. Kind of give that sweet, sweet but nice heat. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sounds spicy. Some onions, garlic. I made it with beef this time. And we've got you know, typical to tomatoes, um, crushed tomatoes with basil, some large large tomato sauce and uh, a little bit of chicken broth just chicken broth or beef broth so key is for cooking this um, you're gonna wanna gonna want to saute the onions with the the two garlic cloves I've got in the recipe mm -hmm. saute those in a pan get them nice and brown right I love that that, that brown sauteed onion flavor and with the garlic in there it really makes a nice base for the um, for the chili Throw that in the in the crock pot. Then you're gonna take the one to one and a quarter pound of ground beef. 
saute it in that same pan, kind of catch up all the, you know, all the little, the leftover seasoning and yeah, flavoring the from and the, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned beef this time. Do you sometimes substitute turkey or bison or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, you can do, you can do turkey. Bison will be a little drier. Turkey will be a little sweeter. Okay. Um, you could even do chicken, but I think there's some other, there's a little bit better recipes for like chicken and, and actually turkey. Um, turkey, you could do some stuff with like, uh, what's a sweeter squash, butternut squash, mm. butternut, butternut squash, turkey chili. Okay. Kind of bring out more of the, the sweetness of the flavor. I wouldn't change this at all. No. So <laughs> it turned, turned out really well. So take all that, put it in the, put it in the crock pot. Once you brown the, I brown my meat just on the outside, just to give it a little bit, a little bit of flavor and kind of catch up that, that onion and, and garlic, garlic flavor that we have, uh, from the pan. Um, also in pan searing the, the onions and the, and the garlic, you want to use just a little bit of olive oil in there, right? Yep. Not a whole lot, a little bit of olive oil, some salt, pepper, throw them in the, throw them in the pot, put everything in the pot, um, on the recipe. So you got one third, one third cup chili powder, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of pepper, one teaspoon of red pepper, two tablespoons of cumin, and then one tablespoon of paprika, mm. uh, along with two poblano peppers, one red bell pepper, one jalapeno, one fatale or habanero, one onion, two cloves of garlic, 1.2 pounds of beef, one large crust, uh, one large can of crushed uh, tomatoes with basil, um, that's 29 ounces, and one large can of tomato sauce, and then one small can of tomato paste, and sum it all up with one fourth cup of uh, chicken broth. <laughs> and if you're in the car, you're gonna need to you know, just listen to this again later. Yeah, we'll, we'll post <laughs> we'll, this. We'll, we'll go to the website. <laughs> we'll post it on the website, but just mix it all up, stick it in the crock pot on, on high for, I think I did it for five hours on high, and then you can also stick it on low and cook it overnight for, for eight to nine. Yeah. And all day at work. That's yeah, all day at work. It's, it's an easy recipe. On low, you can leave it on for basically as long as you need, and it's just great finish, nice heat. I love those recipes where, you, yeah, you leave it, you go to work, Come back, back, it's done. Yeah. Your house smells great. Right. Yeah. Like, and you're like, you walk in, man, it's gonna be home. Yeah. And I'm not a morning person, so I typically will make it the night before and just keep it on low the whole time. And it usually only gets better with chili. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> and and one, one, uh, one cooking tip for the day, um, if you're cooking it to make the chili hotter, uh, with the way capsaicin works in the peppers, the longer it sits in whatever sauce it's in, it's going to dissipate the cap capsaicin. So it's actually going to negate the heat. So when you make your chili, when you first take that bite and it's fresh, it's going to be about, about twice as hot as it will be the next day. Also, uh, tomatoes are a neutralizer for capsaicin. So they neutralize a lot of the heat in your chili. So if you're trying to make it really spicy and then, and impress maybe you know, your work friends with how hot you can make your chili and how hot you can eat it, you'll want to double up your peppers. Okay. Especially if it's going to if it's going to be served the next day, like the next day. Yep. And that's a little thing I learned with my wings that I made earlier this week. Rob taught me this at lunch today because my wings weren't hot anymore, and they were, I swear they were hot. Yep. <laughs> I love spicy food too, so I'm all about that. I'm all about that life. All right. Well, that that kind of sums up block one. Hope you guys uh, work. Hope you guys enjoy that recipe. It's going to be you know up on the site under the under the cooking tab. Yeah throw it up there soon with some photos and then also on the Instagram. So it's really good. Literally eating it right now. Yeah. Like finishing it up. I make chili a lot and I'm going to make this next. Yeah. I would definitely make 
this if I were to make chili. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, but well, you guys got the recipe. No offense, Dad. I know you still make the best chili ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't hurt our viewership. Yeah, can't. <laughs> Right. Our, 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 like, our two viewers. He's now like one tenth of the viewership. So. <laughs> he's out on that chili. <laughs> we just we, he brought him back. Up. We just lost like a tenth said, of our viewers, guys. Strong take. <laughs> so uh, that brings us to to the first crypto block, block two. Let's talk about mainstream investing. So you wanna you actually wanna invest in in cryptocurrencies and companies that are investing in cryptocurrencies, but you're not. You're not quite quite ready to to follow you know our advice and go go through the 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 tools and such to buy it on you know cryptocurrency exchange. You want to you want to keep all of your all wait, of your. Wait, hold on. wait, what's what's the top? What is the topic? Mainstream investment. Mainstream investing. So kind of your your auxiliary investment opportunities for for getting into Bitcoin. Or or, or so even like if you you're are not buying, you're like not buying Bitcoin, but you're buying into a fund or an auxiliary investment choice. Yeah, these are these are some basically some stocks that some companies that have invested heavily either in blockchain or in Bitcoin themselves and and you know we've we've done some some research on the the initial ones that we want to talk about or at least I have and and some of the the last ones that we'll talk about are are just kind of new to the game and and could could have some potential but not really fully vetted yet. Um, so when we talk about that, it, it's it's a great way that if you're if you have a trading account with like TD Ameritrade or um, what's the one you were talking about earlier? Uh, uh, Robinhood is yeah. great for people yeah. getting into stocks. It's yeah. totally free. And they got like more yeah, transactions that they want to make, more buys and sells. Exactly. Right? It's, it's, it lowers it, the transaction. Robinhood is great for anyone that has never bought stocks before and wants to do it from their phone in 10 minutes. It's literally how I got yeah. started. Like, right. There you uh, go. About a year, year and a half ago. Like, yeah, first stock I ever bought was in Robinhood. Yeah, and I, and I saw someone at work using it. I was like, what's that? I was like, oh, you haven't heard of Robinhood? Yeah, and the fees like, are really low. Like I, was, like I was stupid. And I was like, man, I need to find out what this Robinhood is. Yeah, it's actually totally fee-less, I think, other than the SEC fees that are just standard. Yeah. But like, Robinhood doesn't take a cut at all. It's like, how do they even make their money? So yeah, if you're trading on if you're trading on Robinhood, these are a couple of companies that you you may want to look into and possibly buy to diversify your portfolio and and get at least a, a toe in the game of blockchain. So are we gonna go through Robinhood ones or are we gonna? No, this is any this is any yeah, company. Just so any any stock out there. So the the stocks that that I have on on my list, um, the the first one is is more heavily. It's it's actually totally. Investing in, in Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrencies, um, but it's it's a mainstream way to do so, and it's actually called uh, GBTC, and it's Bitcoin Investment Trust, and it's available on a lot of the um, uh, you know a lot of the trading pl- uh, portfolios like TD Ameritrade. I know it's on. Um, I believe it's on Charles Schwab and a few of the other. You know, mainstreams. Um, so what are you trade? What are you buying when you buy that? So when you're buying that, basically, they're you're buying into this investment trust, and they're managing your Bitcoin assets for you. Are they buying Bitcoin on your? So behalf? yeah, so they're basically buying, buying it, and trading it, and, and managing it. So this thing tends to fluctuate directly with the the uh, cryptocurrency market. So th- these these institutions are physically. Buying Bitcoin like through uh, like a mercantile setup through Coinbase or how how are they 
buying these. Uh, I don't know. I didn't dive that that okay. deep into it. Okay. It's just it's it's uh, sorry, an I'm opportunity. Just, I'm just to, and I'm this isn't pushback. It's more of like I'm just trying to understand. Yeah. What the vehicle is, right? If you're if you're going to use it as an investment vehicle, you kind of want to know like. Yeah, I mean, and you can do your own research on it, but this is this is just kind of uh, a, a lateral way to get into this. Now, the next one that I had was Overstock, which we understand a lot. A lot of there's been a lot of news around Overstock and and how they've been. Yeah, it's a very negative news today, but nothing really to do with with them. Yeah, um, just something they were caught up in, I guess, with a, a programming bug, right? Yeah, with who? You with Coinbase? Mm. You heard about that? Yeah, I read about it. Or I heard about it through what Tim Bay's Jimmy song. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for the morning brief. We're gonna push out this info. But Overstock has been—they've been into crypto for a long time. They've been way ahead of the curve on this stuff. Yeah, as far as as far as like a Fortune 500 company. They're probably the first retailer I ever heard of that accepted Bitcoin payments. Yeah, they're they're definitely one of the early adopters for it. And what they've been doing with their acceptance of the Bitcoin um, Bitcoin payments is they've been holding 30 percent. Mm-hmm. Roughly, I believe roughly thirty percent of those payments um, are the total total payments paid in Bitcoin. They've been holding, and are pretty much just just hoarding it. Yeah, right? hoarding it, investing, in, investing in currencies, and then they they've also come out with like their own. Uh, I think their own like in, internal blockchain they're going to be utilizing. But they're they're sure. very interested, very big into the space, um, and and. What I what I've been telling people is, look, these these Fortune 500 companies and all these these publicly traded companies, they have to release what's called a 10K every year, which is their annual earnings, um, and it has to have all these details as far as you know their um, their financials go, what their cost cost has been, their revenue, their total total profits. Um, and basically, they have to account for all their losses and their gains. And with this, you look at this thing, and if they've been investing thirty percent of, or are holding thirty percent of all of their purchases made through Bitcoin over the course of the last year, well, you, you start to think about well, what's Bitcoin done in the last year? It's increased thirteen x. Right. It's, yeah. It's increased thirteen x basically. So thirty percent is now more valuable than the seventy percent they saved. Exactly. By a lot. Right, um, and then the seventy percent they com- converted right, immediately right, they, into right. yeah into cash. Which is how it typically works on almost every website where you purchase something with Bitcoin. It's a hundred percent is transferred to cash right away. Right. Overstock's one of those rare companies that actually holds some Bitcoin. Right. Um, which is kind of a testament to how invested in the space they are. So that that company's ten k, and they're so every time they have a quarterly earnings report. And you can look back at it throughout this year. The company's had a huge spike in price. Well, they're about to have their annual earnings report, the 10K, come out in January this month. So I'm I'm expecting that that company is going to have a massive, massive price spike when that comes out, and they show they show how much they've actually earned and saved and the buying potential that they've just accumulated by right. this. Thirty percent hold of Bitcoin assets. Yeah, because this last quarter has really been the biggest of yeah. all as far as gains. So I'm big on Overstock. A couple of couple. So you would investing in Overstock would mean you're investing in a business that supports uh, Bitcoin transactions and may include other crypto asset transactions and, yeah. in the future if any of them can prove that they're worth 
you know. Right, right. and right. their CEO essentially has been leading this seems to be somebody who's plugged into this space and is not falling behind, but rather trying to get ahead. Right, right. Smart guy. So people thought it was crazy. There's not those this year. Not this year. So there's that company, then you've got IBM for the mere fact that they're just heavily investing in, in blockchain, the technology, and trying to understand it. And that's, that's you know, they're, you know, in, in, I think it's international business business machine. Right. Yeah, um, so the old, old school, you know, acronym for that. But I'm interested in what they, innovation is if, or if it's... Just well, they, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's not always just them innovating, but it's, it's them understanding that the technology being able to influence their, their clientele because they are also a consulting company. So them diving into the space can only have positive repercussions for them as a company as a whole. So that's why I would sure. say, all right, IBM, and this is, this is at a very high level surface. NVIDIA is another one. Uh, NVIDIA is because they make most of the graphic cards used by the miners. Now, NVIDIA's time may be running out uh, depending on the, the landscape and the changes in the mining community coming up. So that may, that may take kind of a, a do downward have, turn. Do you have information about that that you'd like to share? <laughs> well, well, the competition's what, increasing overall, right? Just yeah. more right. manufacturers are starting to realize the benefit there. NVIDIA has seen a huge rise in their stock price this year because of the demand for their chips, or their cards, rather. Yeah, and it may continue, and it will, it will continue to grow, uh, I believe, at least through the next year or two, maybe three. What will be the, the biggest change in the market for them will be if, uh, if, a, new, if a new like proof-of-work or proof-of-stake theory comes out to basically change the the mining game what am i am i no i mean i, I just, am i misstating that like no i'm just I, i'm i'm only i guess like i think there's a lot of fear that some type of you know new mining concept will come swoop in and like pull out the you know pull out the tablecloth underneath bitcoin and what they've got going for them and uh it's going to take a lot of adoption to do that because what they've been able to achieve up to this point is built on eight or nine years. Like, so this 13 X price spike that we just saw in 2017 is based on, you know, nine, eight or nine previous years of work and development and community building and organic, like, right. you know, mining community spreading. Yeah. Like you don't just come out with something new and like, Ta-da! Here we are, late to the party. It's like no, this has been, this has been going for a while. So it, it would take a lot. I'm not saying it can't happen. Yeah. But it's certainly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think. That I don't think the landscape for that, for Nvidia, it, they're not gonna see kind of a downward trend in, in the sales of their their graphics card at least I mean, for next. They were a super successful business couple before years. this. Right, they were. Computer yeah. gaming is a huge industry too, so exactly. this is like yeah. a huge bonus, like They're a fun. new use for their product yeah. that people yeah. have found that is... Or if, you know, somebody comes out with a, a, a way better processor type, like to to basically conduct and calculate these these algorithms that are the mining service, that would be the other thing that would change the landscape for them. So those, all right, so let's I'll just... imagine, how like incredible for a graphic processing unit, GPU... Like manufacturer or you know 
user or dealer to then all of a sudden realize, hey, you've got this like, near trillion dollar industry right. that needs your equipment so desperately. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the that, potential that's, for this. That's amazing. Yeah, there's like, <laughs> like a oh, money wait, pot. This whole <laughs> thing is built around <laughs> right. gaming yeah. and now yeah. Yeah, it's right. bigger than that. Bitcoin, yeah, right. Bitcoin, it's and blockchain, and, and like, yeah, uh, computers. Cryptocurrency has Crypto really become yeah. become their cash cow for sure. Yeah. So just to recap, you got GB, uh, GBTC. Um, we talked about Overstock, OSTK is their ticker, IBM, and then Nvidia. The the last two that I want to talk about, I'll talk about kind of the 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 one that I think is more relevant is. It's not directly relevant to um, to cryptocurrencies, but I think because of the way their products are used in Asia, that it's it's gonna it's it is relevant to some degree, and that's Ten Tencent. Tencent is the company that that owns and well that, that created WeChat. Right, which Americans don't know much about. Right? Yeah. Americans don't know much about, but if you've ever been to China, which I, I have, I have two cousins that live in China as well, WeChat is is linked throughout their entire lives out there. It's the, not only a messaging platform, but it's it's a platform for everything. They yeah. do Facebook, they do That's LinkedIn, they, they do they order Ubers, <laughs> they have their banking yeah. ca- accounts on there. They have over a billion users. So. Right. And it's, yeah. it's quick transfer of payment to payment, and it's, it's very... The, the use for for their for their messaging service it, it couples up very nicely with uh, with the technology behind the cryptocurrencies so I think that company as a whole is only going to continue to grow plus What's there's the 1.4 billion people in China yeah right so their market is enormous and they've got almost all of it already right? yeah exactly and as <laughs> they, as they continue to expand to other countries they're only going to continue to grow so yeah, Tencent is one to look into. I don't have their stock ticker on hand. I think it's actually it's a it's a it's through like Hong Kong's exchange, so it's kind of a weird like uh, H. Have to jump yeah. through some hoops. H number. No, you don't have to jump through some hoops. Just I don't have they don't have a uh, U.S. stock ticker. Yeah. And the last one, the last one is kind of relative news, and it it could be something. It could be just complete bonus and a, and a cash grab, but Kodak. Kodak yeah. has yeah. come out with the it's, Kodak coin. Yeah, it's probably it's 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 probably complete BS, but it's just something that hey, you know what? Watch it to have have it on your radar. If the thing really starts to uh, substantiate itself, it could have potential Which, potential growing power there. And that's that's kind of uh, something to look for and to be wary of. As you're starting to see a lot of companies just throw buzzwords out because this space is so hot. They say blockchain, they say crypto, and they see their stock price double. Um, so is Kodak going to be another one of those companies, or they're going to actually innovate? Anyone's guess? Um, yeah, true. Yeah, they, but they innovated when the internet first came around. Yeah, so they're definitely going to. They're not going to miss this boat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I would love to see Kodak turn everything around (laughs) after they've been the joke for so long for missing the digital camera revolution. It's true. While in bankruptcy this year, I think. Watch Kodak be Satoshi Nakamoto. (laughs) I would love to see Kodak just take the camera game back over with this. Um, Oh, my God. I just just like an underdog. It's funny. Be wary of those things, but also pay attention to them because if anyone does innovate, they probably will succeed. And short-term gains seems like anyone that mentions it does well. So yeah, I haven't seen a stock price crash off the mention of 
a cryptocurrency yet. So. So those are, you know, those are those are your, those are your mainstream investing opportunities so, just to look take in. Take the profit, buy crypto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Okay. My advice on all of this is just buy the crypto. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's me. Exactly. Just go. Just listen to our earlier episodes yeah. and, and and go through. Go through the uh, the crypto exchanges, USD to USD to the cryptocurrency, yeah. whichever one you you opt to do. So let's. Hey, that brings us into our next our next topic. Yeah. Block three. Altcoins. How do you pick them? <laughs> How what what when you're looking at diversifying? If you're already in crypto, and you're do looking you pick them, and you're looking at <laughs> diversifying your portfolio. How how do you go yeah. about picking an altcoin? And this is. Again, we are new to this. Hold on, we should give our stances on who we are, like a little bit, just a short little, like. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be mostly pro Bitcoin, like a maximum close to ninety percent. Yeah, you're a Bitcoin percent. Bitcoin maximalist like, for I'm, sure. I'm, I'm like interested in the altcoins, and I'll you know I'll I'll dabble and play, but it's yeah for me it's not yeah. So Marshall, I'll, I'll let you guys I'll let you guys kind of give your stance and, and kind of how you would go about picking. So, all right, you know what, Spencer, yeah. Spencer's a maximalist, so what would get I, you... I just, you know, we should be honest with ourselves and yeah. be and honest with everyone, like, here's the show, here's who we are, here's how we're feeling and thinking about this stuff. Like, Yeah, in a lot of ways, I side with Spencer on that. I'm kind of a maximalist, but I'm also an opportunist in this space. I see what the altcoins are doing. Um, there's a lot going on with uh, what they call unit bias, where people are seeing cheap coins and they think, oh, it's only a penny or it's only... 10 cents or $10, if it could get a quarter as big as Bitcoin, then I'll be rich. It's not necessarily true because they can have 100 billion tokens versus 16 or something, and it might take all the money in the world to get them to $10,000. Yeah, but, right. So that's kind of a, like a false equivalency that you see made a lot. Um, but that being said, there are huge gains to be made in altcoins. Um, personally, I don't put a ton of stake in what the underlying project is or what their revolutionary idea is but I think it's easy to fall into a trap that way um, to where you you believe in an idea that the market doesn't care about and mm-hmm. the idea isn't necessarily tied to the price and also as sort of a Bitcoin maximalist I think the best ideas will just be brought into Bitcoin eventually mm-hmm. as if they're proven to be safe yeah. um, and that's the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is all the best devs are working for them and I mean, there is no them. They all work for the community, and, and you know, they bring innovation. Anything yeah. that's a worthwhile idea will probably eventually be brought to Bitcoin or to a Lightning Network or something like that on the side. But you can make money in altcoins. Yeah. Rob, where do you stand? Uh, so, you know... I, be honest, Rob. I, I, think, I think the majority of your money should be held in Bitcoin. Uh, I, do, I do like the, the concept of spreading, um, spreading some of that around to other altcoins, but in a real uh, in a real tactical approach, right? So the way I go about looking at this, there's a couple of there's a couple of strategies that I've I've seen and looked into and, and just to be perfectly honest, the, the, for me, I'll always keep my, my strict number is at least 70% of my total portfolio will always be in Bitcoin. And that's, that's definitely less of a maximalist than, than you guys. Sure. Um, I, I'd say the other, there's about, tw- there's about 20% of that that will be split between my one one to four 
top altcoins that I believe actually have one uh, a number of things going for them. One, they have a capped total supply, so the capped a capped maximum supply, right? If you're if you're investing in altcoins and you you don't see a a max supply listed on CoinMarketCap.com, well, that thing is liable to infinitely get inflated, right? It could, it could, the inflation could go through the roof if they were to release, you know, another million or two million coins out to the marketplace and have no real, real substantial rate for releasing those coins. So the method of releasing coins is also key. If you have total circulating supply is the same or close to your max supply, then that's probably a good, uh, a, a decent start to, to look into as an altcoin. Because when you think about it, just a simple supply and demand curve, you know your, your supply is relatively stable or set mm-hmm. in that case. And the only thing, the only thing that can really influence price is gonna be the, the market demand. And it's going to influence the price substantially because your your supply for something like Bitcoin is very close to vertical, and when it hits that twenty one million twenty one million uh, max supply of Bitcoin, it will be vertical, and then the only influencer is going to be the demand in the marketplace. Hmm. So you've got yeah. you've got all coins like that that I like to like to kind of take that approach with. Then there's the underlying the underlying technology that Marshall mentioned. I like to see that there's I like to read the white paper, especially in the ones that I'm going to invest a substantial percentage of that twenty percent into. Um, like to understand at a high level what's the technology, what's the use case, is it something that that I myself could see a, a use for, or that my friends in the space could could see a use for. I like to bounce the ideas off of you know, off, off of close friends in the space and say, hey, if you had something that was going to be able to do this for you, what would you think of it? What would it need? And if the coin is able to, to meet the majority of those needs, I may throw a little bit, little bit into it. Yeah. Um, the, last, the last little bit, like the maybe 10%, and that may even be high, else that I have in my portfolio is what I like to call the, the peanut butter, the peanut butter tactic. So I consider that 10% my, just a big, big glob of peanut butter, right? And I've got, I've got a list on coin market cap of the top 100 currencies and maybe, maybe even the top 200. And I just want to take that peanut butter and, I, and, and just spread it over top of all of those. Just, just completely divided up amongst all of them. This is, this is a tactic that I've seen a lot of people yeah, that might sound kind of ridiculous, but um, some yeah. real numbers on that. I, there's a website. I don't remember the name of the website. Um, we could link it in the description, but yeah. it shows if you had put $10 each in the top 100 cryptocurrencies on January 1st, 2017, where you'd be at today. So that's $1,000 total investment, 10 bucks in each. It's over like $79,000 last time I looked. Dang. <laughs> yeah, the 1000 would have gone up about... Seven thousand percent or so, seven to eight thousand percent in just the one year. So that you only need a couple winners, and that's the thing. Probably only a couple out of that did win, but Ethereum was probably in that group when it was very small. Litecoin was in that group when it was very small. Bitcoin made you plenty of money off that ten bucks. Mm-hmm. That turned to one thirty. Like you turn a bunch of ten dollars into a hundred dollars, and then it starts really adding up. Totally. And uh, what's kind of cool about 
you know, this alt currency, altcoin market uh, that sprung up is that it sprung up because of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? And so when you invest in these, your first access is by Bitcoin or now it's by Bitcoin or by Ethereum or by whatever you can buy on Coinbase, right? Um, Guilty of starting there. Right. Yeah, everyone, I mean, I started there. I'm no longer there, but I mean, I have. I, I use their services. I think they're good services. I think they're, it's hard to build a company that high in demand and scale technology at the rate that they have had to. So, Probably you know, not. I think that, you know, the bugs that we saw with Overstock, man, being on a dev team right now, working for a firm, like it's, it's tough sometimes and sometimes things slip through and, you know, you hate to see it, but at the same time, like yeah. we're all imperfect, right? Um, all that being said, your, get your first access to a coin is generally Bitcoin, right? And then these, these exchanges have propagated all around the world and now you can trans and they all accept Bitcoin. No one doesn't accept Bitcoin, right? Right. You'd be crazy to have an exchange that didn't accept Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't think it exists. No, ex- very few exchanges accept US dollars, right. but all of them accept Bitcoin. Why right. is that? Well, because all these altcoins are springing up all over the place. And Ethereum supporting them with these ICOs, Man. and you know it's it's great to see all of these things get pumped, and people are making fast cash. And if you can get out, cool. And some people get out and lose, um, and get get taken. And uh, you know, so you are playing in choppy waters. Be careful. Peanut butter spread technique is not, you know, more than probably a one or two percent of your entire net. Right. So, oh, yeah, like, no, you know, and the idea and one thing I, I kind of missed on stating there was the idea that peanut butter spread is not to not to increase maybe my my cash holdings, not to go in there with the thought that, hey, I want these things to to grow in a manner to which um, they are worth more in the U.S. in USD. But I, I'm I'm targeting coins to grow in their worth in Bitcoin. Ultimately, I want to convert, I want to convert my, yeah. you know, my winnings basically in that peanut butter spread back into Bitcoin and increase my Bitcoin holdings because that is, that is where I see the market, you know, really going and, and that's gonna, that's gonna be as crazy as this sounds, that's the most stable investment in this space. Everybody always, they they use Bitcoin as is the keystone for marking marking how the space is doing how how everything else is coming along so that that's where you know that's that's kind of my my tactic. So I think I think that kind of covers the the altcoin strategy that we have now and I think a lot of these a lot of these altcoin discussions and questions will be great for for Jeff. When we get when we get Jeff on the show, yeah, um, and hopefully we'll be able to link up with him this weekend and have have him on the show next week. But let's go let's go on to our uh, last crypto topic of the day. I think Spence, you want to you want to take this one away? Yeah. What was the topic? <laughs> what was it? What paper was it? wallet. Paper, oh, yeah, your paper right. wallet. The most secure and, way. Uh, uh, one thing I love about recording these is like as we start talking about it, it's like. Oh my gosh, we could totally go down that route. Oh my gosh, we could totally go down that route. And it's just fun, like creating something organically. And mm-hmm. it's, you guys are awesome to bounce conversation off of. So, 
Uh, yeah, the the thing I wanted to share today was basically how to do a paper wallet. So we have discussed. Um, Wait, why would I want a paper wallet? Yeah. And what is a paper? Wallet? Yeah. Um, so we've discussed in some previous shows um, the importance of security and uh, and holding your own private keys, um, and that the most secure way is to do so in a cold format, right. AKA, you know, one of these hardware wallets, the Ledger Nano that Rob talked about in a previous show. Um, you know, you could have it on a, uh, a computer that you don't connect to the internet ever, like so you could transfer it, you know, via like USB or something like that, and then, you know, have it be just a separate computer, right. a brick. Or a, um, a phone with no SIM card, because I hear phone operating systems are much more secure than computer operating systems. Wow, good good touch. Nice. No, no SIM card. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's all. Yeah, like Android and uh, iOS is supposed to be much safer than um, Windows, for example. And then if you don't have it like on your network plan, it's not hopping on the network. It doesn't have the ability right, to get exactly. on the internet with no Wi-Fi. And, yeah. You just yeah. turn Wi-Fi off. I think, I think Tone, wow. Tone, and Tone and Jimmy, Tone Vase and Jimmy Song talk about that a couple of times in their, uh, in, in their daily, uh, what is it, the daily daily review. Now, if only I can get a few of my old iPhones that I've smashed into the floor uh, right. to boot back up. Yeah, <laughs> but regardless, none of that will be as safe as a paper wallet, right? Um, I mean. Depends on how you define the safety. Yeah, it, it depends on safety. Uh, the, the cool thing about a paper wallet is, A, it's cheap. Um, it's a piece of paper. If you have a printer or access to one, uh, you make, you just print it out. Uh, two, you can, uh, you can generate the wallet. It's like some people want to know, how do I generate it? Well, you could go to a site like, I think it's bitaddress.org. We've shared the link before on, on the show, but you go there and you can generate it, and but you have to go there first to the internet. So you don't necessarily want to generate it on the internet per se. You want to instead download their file, unconnect your computer from the internet, then open that file in a browser like Chrome, right? And then it will run and open and do what it needs to do without being connected to the internet. And then you generate your wallet and uh, it's a it's a safest it's the safest way to store, um, and or it's the most practical way for me to store uh, at, right. at this point. So you know I print and you can print off several of them. So I printed off five different wallets, right? Five different pieces of paper. It had my public key, which I send my Bitcoin to. You know, right. so it's living in Gemini, or living in my you know blockchain wallet, or living in my such and such wallet, right? And then I'm transferring it to five different sheets of paper. I take those five sheets of paper, they have my public key and my private keys, and then I put that away in a safe, in my, you know, wherever, I and keep a safe, and then... And you could even separate the two if you wanted, right? Or you could cut into a hundred pieces, as long as you have all the pieces, then you're good. If I you mean, wanted to get if, crazy with if it. If you wanted to get crazy with it, yeah, yeah, you could have a place where, yeah, you stored, I don't know, you could cut it in half, sure. Right. I mean, it's two different QR codes, so there's little grid block, you know, right. black and white things that you see all around the place, giant squares. Everyone should know what a QR code, maybe someone's, you know, 80 years old listening to this and doesn't know what a QR code is, but uh, that's all it is. So if you have the two QR codes, you're good. If it wasn't for Bitcoin, I wouldn't have any use for a QR code ever. <laughs> but <laughs> Bitcoin yeah. has revived the QR code. That's true. Yeah, that's true. My question then, Spencer, how do you get coins from a paper wallet 
onto an exchange? Or how do you get them back onto a hot wallet? Sure. The, uh, the same way you would transfer them to the paper wallet would be the same way that you transfer it back to the exchange. So if you've ever done exchange to exchange transfers, mm -hmm. or you've ever you know taken it offline to a nano and then put it back on, um, you know that's the way. So you essentially would take your private key that you have access to, you'd open up whatever wallet you use, it would say you'd hit their receive Bitcoin, you know, place in their app. Right. And then it's gonna request it's gonna request like a restore and you just restore okay, it that so way. Okay, so there's a menu key. that actually requests them. Yeah. Because I've never done it that way and it's always it's always pushed in my uh, mm -hmm. experience, not pulled yeah. over by the exchange. You yeah. actually just take the address and then you send it through some kind of interface. But you can't obviously you can't manipulate the paper to send anything. So yeah. you're saying you just click the right sequence of buttons, so it'll be pretty apparent it'll ask for that private key and then bam, they're there. Yeah. It just yeah, most places are gonna have a receive section. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. so here you go. You can basically you just upload it right there. And with copy the, and paste it or type it into the to the form field and and with paper wallets, it's kind of nice because you could, you could, I mean, it's, it's nice and dangerous in the fact that you can make backups. You can have them yeah. stored in, uh, you know, somewhere in your, in your household and your, in your home safe. And then also have a backup copy maybe in your will or even Will's at, Republic at, record. At, at your bank. Oh, okay. Maybe so not. We'll put them there. Okay. Good thing. Good thing we've got a lawyer on there. <laughs> hey, but they, but they will go on the blockchain. Right. Yeah. The Bitcoin blockchain that is. Exactly. So, but you know, you could you could store it in in a bank account um, or in a I'm sorry, in a bank vault. Yeah, safe deposit box is where I've yeah, always exactly. wanted to put it um, as a backup. Right, as a backup. Um, because you don't want to. So, in the philosophy of Bitcoin, you don't want to be beholden to the banks. And obviously, yeah. those are those are things that you just want to buy and hold, and just let it sit and forget about it. Bury yeah. it in your backyard if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Buried treasure. <laughs> you can treat it just like the gold your grandfather. Dude, just imagine has. this. Imagine you're like you're just a whale and you're like, you know what? I just all I want to leave behind in this world is just a massive treasure hunt. And you just make your own treasure map and just bury just take these take these paper wallets and just bury them throughout <laughs> throughout the world. I just put like a bitcoin or two. Have you ever read Re Ready Player One? No. That's literally the premise of that book. Oh my god. It's like this digital king left behind a huge bounty and I love it. There's a I, treasure hunt and the person who wins is the gamer. Idea. <laughs> we should do a treasure hunt for our listeners. It won't be oh, a huge bounty, but yeah. yeah. We could put something worth your time together probably. Yeah, you maybe get maybe get a hundred Satoshi. <laughs> <laughs> we could do better than that. Yeah. But <laughs> That would be, that could be fun if there's yeah. any interest. Maybe we hide something. Be a treasure hunt there. around Atlanta. That'd oh my, be. Oh my gosh. That'd be pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be really fun. And re real quick, back to I just want to leave this last thing with the paper wallet. Yeah, man. To, to also kind of bring it all home that it could be cheap as well. So if transaction costs were to ever lower, which I imagine they will, if you know the second layer comes in, um, they will solve that problem. Yeah, they will solve that. Um, you could print off a hundred pieces of paper, take a hundred dollars in Bitcoin, call it you know point zero 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 one bits, and transfer that to a hundred different sheets of paper, and just throw them around your house, and each hundred piece of paper would be essentially one U.S. dollar, and 
Like, right. You just, At that point, you, you, just, you can make it rain with big. You can make it rain with little like eight and a half by eleven copy paper. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to do it the right way, you could split into fours and just. I'm not sure how that would go over in the cheetah, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if it's ever happened. I wonder if it's ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> Some super smart girls are there just picking them all up. <laughs> <laughs> or I have a wallet. <laughs> or there's gonna be there's gonna be like a Bitcoin whale that'll eventually maybe hear about this podcast and, and listen to that and be like, oh my god, that's an amazing idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. Maybe maybe once uh, Ripple allows for a paper wallet, I'll just do it with Ripple because I know it'll be worthless at some point. Oh, <laughs> nice, Burn. nice. We're all out of Ripple. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that that brings us to our, our last block, and that's that's the life hack. So. Today's life hack, kind of relevant to, to the space. If you ever, especially if you're ever doing a paper wallet and you want to just honestly handwrite your paper wallet, right? Yeah. Uh, any kind of handwritten um, code or uh, really any, any note that you've written yourself, this is kind of just a, an interesting life hack. Most people, when you write a note and you want to kind of scribble it out or you write your um, write your social security uh, security number, right? Yeah. You don't want that to be thrown out and, and legible. So most people just scribble that out. I mean, now would, if, if sure. you guys are scribble doing it, it out, throw it in the trash. Scribble it out, throw it in the trash. Well, the, the better way to basically keep keep it from being legible is instead of scribbling it out, it's still able to be somewhat discerned with the random random lines running through it, but actually to write other letters and numbers over top of the other letters and numbers and then throw it out. It, it becomes, it quickly becomes indiscernible what the letters and numbers truly are if you do that. So that's, that's your life hack for the day. It's like a little bit of crypt, like decrypting yeah. or crypt, encryption. In, in, yeah, you're encrypting your trash. <laughs> Personally, I just burn it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, or you could just burn it. <laughs> Thanks. Pyro. Pyro Marshall. It's a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> Alright guys, well I think that uh, that sums up everything that we had on the day. Um, check us out. Check us out at cookingwithcrypto.com. Check out our uh, our website there and as well as follow us on social media. Yeah, if you like Instagram, uh, at cookingwithcrypto. If you have Twitter, cooking underscore crypto. Find us on SoundCloud. We're getting on YouTube as well. We're there. Uh, yeah, check us out. Say what's up to us. Thanks, Cyber Chefs. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye.